All right. Two emergency pods in one week. Amazing Blue Review here to talk about the official hiring of Sharon Moore as the 21st head coach in Michigan football history. He's the seventh assistant, former assistant, to become head coach. Uh, only Brady Hoke left the program and came back. The other six were all promoted as successors. And, of course, historic, he is the first African-American head coach for Michigan football in the 145 years of the program. So, obviously, this news was expected, but here we are. Now official, Sharon Moore will take over the Michigan football program. Reactions are pouring in from players that were on Team 144, J.J. McCarthy, Blake Quorum, uh, I've saw Zach Zinter, I've all seen giving their shout-outs and saying, of course, Moore was the man for the job. Recruits, current commits, current players also coming out showing their support for the job, which was why this was the obvious choice. But I think we're going to talk about why it wasn't just an easy choice, but why it was the right choice as well. Um, I am Trevor McHugh, Senior Editor Amazing Blue Review. Joined, as always, Josh Hensky, Intel Insider, Publisher. What, what, what are you feeling, man? We said after the Harbaugh thing, it was obviously kind of odd in the moment. Maybe a little bit of relief that it was over. Um, I think I got a little bit of relief again, <laughs> right? Yeah. When we heard about the seven day waiver and all this other stuff, which we love to hammer on this athletic department. So props to them for getting the waiver done and getting this announcement out today and not letting this drag on too long. We were kind of joking because we kind of expected it could be today. And I'm like, I don't know, man, after six, that'd be weird. And then here it comes. Anyway, how are you feeling? Sean Moore officially 21st head coach Michigan football history. Yeah, kind of a kind of an epic news dump by Michigan there at, at 7.30-ish, you know, going out <laughs> there, hey, whatever, better better late than never. So they, They're um, working on that short little video with him saying go blue yeah. and clearly yeah. trying to get a little that was what the seven That was what the seven-day uh, seven law was. You got to have a video. <laughs> Make sure you got the video today. ready to go, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, whatever. I mean, onward, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's time to move forward. Um, you know, now Michigan can, you know, focus on what they've accomplished and move forward. You know, they've got a guy, they've got a leader to, to lead the program. Um, one that, you know, we've been pretty consistent in saying that it was going to be the guy and, uh, one that was really a no brainer decision for this, for this program to move forward. I mean, when you talk about stability, um, you know, from a program standpoint, you know, the, uh, some, coaches will be kept on the staff uh you know with this 30-day window with Jim Harbaugh leaving I think it, it, this is the best case scenario is to have Jerome Moore at the ready and um you know to prevent to prevent anyone leaving I mean you get to keep the culture uh you you get to keep basically status quo I mean for for right now you know status quo is good uh, ultimately, we don't know what the program is going to look like with Sharon moving forward. And, and you know, obviously the success on the field is just that going to be on the field. So I can't sit here and proclaim, oh, you know, this is it's all Michigan's going to compete for national championships for the rest of time. I mean, and the it, opposite, it, right? Like, right. And it yeah. could. Yeah, exactly. And it could be the very opposite. I, you know, I can't sit here and say, oh, this is terrible because yeah. we don't know. We'll wait and see. However, the most important part is, you know onward you know you got a guy that's very familiar with the program doesn't take doesn't have to take very long to acclimate himself got a couple of tasks he needs to accomplish here in the in the coming days but um 
yeah, it kind of feels like a really a turning point for this program moving forward in terms of, you know, getting away from, you know, what they've, what the, they've experienced the last three years with this, you know, uh, Jim Harbaugh NFL flirtation kind of stuff. And and now they've got something that they can work that's, with. That's the relief part, right? Yep. It was worth it. Yep. Right. We always said it's worth it with Jim Harbaugh, especially the last three years. But I think there is a little bit of like, Hey, maybe it's going to be nice to not have to <laughs> deal yeah. with. Yeah, and and most importantly too, this and is. I'm a not guy mad that, at him. It's what he wanted, right? You know, none of that. Exactly, but... and we can kind of move on from that too. You know, yeah. Kind of move on the, you know, or do you have to be mad at Jim or whatever? But, um, you know, this is a guy that was handpicked by Jim Harbaugh to take over the program. So, um, man, it's it's just it's good time. And and Coach Bedford, how you doing? Good to see you, and it's always good to. Uh, always good to hear your uh, opinions too but yeah i mean it's it's this is the you know from from the michigan perspective i mean there's no better there's no better you know person than, than vance bedford here to say hey you know everyone's with you this yeah, is the general feeling the, amongst michigan the reaction so far has looked unanimous right? yeah from the from the past couple of coaching searches pre uh harbaugh you know there's been some kind of uh you know contention i guess this is something that every Michigan can fan uh, Michigan fan is can get behind. Yeah. And, and this is, this is really from, you know, the top on down, this is a unified Michigan and really a unified Michigan. That's, that's, you know, set to move forward. And um, <laughs> yeah, you got a guy that's handpicked by Jim Harbaugh. Nice you can't Jason. get better than that. You can't get a higher, uh, I guess, vote of confidence than, than, you know, Jim Harbaugh basically propping up his guy. So He's got his shot and let's, you know, let's move forward. We'll get into obviously the next, right? So some coaching staff stuff, you know, things that arguably will be the same and things that will be different. Right. And and maybe what some pros, and I don't want to say cons, but maybe challenges that are going to be faced, right? This is, this is a big deal. Um, to your point about whether we want to proclaim more future national champion or this is going to fail miserably. No one knows, right? right. right. You, you take the evidence you have. And in this case, a man who's been in your program for six years, right? We can, and we'll get into everything he's accomplished while here. Um, and, and you try to put someone in position to succeed and you, and you see what happens. We've seen big name splash hires not work out. And we've seen multiple hires like this where a coordinator with no head coach experience is ultimately successful, right? Uh, yeah, we're and we'll definitely get into in the staff the key. Yeah, keeping uh, Mr. Herbert, not letting him get on that plane with Jim yeah, Harbaugh, right. right? But yeah, there, there's definitely some staff moves and uh, you know replacing himself as OC, finding a new DC more than likely. And then yeah, I think when you've got coaches, players, recruits, parents, literally anyone that stepped foot in the building and seen Ben Herbert work, when everyone praises this person. I don't know of any other strength coach in the country that is as recognized as, as Ben Herbert. So yeah, that's going to be a big deal. Um, but here, let's talk about it. This I've seen some people talk about hitting the easy button. This is just an easy decision. We should have done the national coaching search. You know, is he the best person? Right. So Josh, you already brought up the, the national coaching search. We've seen what's happened. Bama hired. Kalen DeBoer in like what 50 hours 
or yeah. something, right? Yep. And you still have this this exodus of players, right? On the flip side of that, you have something like Notre Dame. I brought that up in these conversations where Marcus Freeman was basically demanded by the players, right? Yep. I don't think those situations are similar in that Freeman was only in the program for a year, right? Kelly leaving came out of nowhere. They were still in playoff contention. Do you remember that when yeah. the LSU news broke? And it was yeah. just unbelievable. The man had become the winningest coach in Notre Dame history, and it was kind of a panic mode. Harbaugh has been flirting with the NFL for three years. His contract has been publicly discussed yeah. for at least a year at this point. We know he's interviewing with the Chargers, whatever. Like Michigan's not stupid. These things were in motion. Um, but Sean Moore made sense because, like you said, not only does he have the trust of the players from his time being here, from recruiting them, from leading them as head coach for four games this year, you have the trust of Jim Harbaugh. And yeah. for, for folks who want the future of Michigan to be some continuity of this era and obviously things leaving in good hands with Harbaugh, he, he made a comment yesterday about he thinks about the Chargers in Michigan like it's one team, right? Like there's this bridge that's going to continue to connect these programs. I made a joke. It'd be cool. If we're one team, can we borrow Justin Herbert for a year? Right. Yeah. Right. But, <laughs> but anyway, I mean, this just feels bigger than simply hiring a Marcus Freeman, you know, that has been around a program or even, I don't know why. I, I mean, even like a Lloyd Carr and Moeller, they'd been around for so long. It would have been just like this utter disrespect. Oh, this just feels different to me. There's a different energy to this where it's continuity and maybe there's a lot of new and exciting things too. And that, that that's maybe what's making me feel a little different about this hire as opposed to them just hitting a button. Yeah. I, I know you mentioned the easy button, but that's because it is, they did hit the easy button because the they're lucky button, they had the easy button. Yeah. The easy yeah. button is the right decision. You know, they Good have a button. guy that's been, that's been sitting there for six years yeah, you can bring up the the wins against Penn State and Ohio State. I think they matter. They certainly do matter. And yeah, people can make the argument that oh, Jim was in the building from Monday to Friday, um, you know, and, and helping game plan. You can only game plan. You know, coaches and programs only have a certain number of plays that they pre-script heading into games. You still have to go out there and make decisions as a head coach, and in. And in Sharon's case, also as a play caller, has to go out there and call the plays for the offense, as well as um, you know the, for the whole team. I mean, he's got to he had to those those four games he had to make decisions for the whole team. So there's also there, there's stuff that goes into that as being a game day coach that goes outside of what Jim Harbaugh could help you with game planning during the week. So those. Um, those matter. Those games matter. So you've got a guy that if he wasn't going to be hired in this cycle by Michigan, someone was going to take him away. And I know for a fact before um, Northwestern decided to, to hire David Braun, they were planning on wanting to talk to Sharon to be his, their head coach. And he's turned down a, a number, a, a number of, of head coaching interviews to stay at Michigan too. So this is something that I'm sure that has been in the works for a while. I mean, not just this year. Uh, we, we were talking about 
Harbaugh returning and Sharon Moore's new contract as OC having head coach in waiting language in his contract. We didn't know if it would be this year, another year, two years, whatever, but like this was already kind of the plan to your point, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So now we just got to see it in action. Um, you know, he doesn't have the most friendliest of schedules in 2024. <laughs> Texas, congratulations. Hey, you know, I think um, if you got to prove to be successful, you got to go out there and and win these games regarding you can't, you know, make excuses for the uh, for the schedule, just like you can't apologize for what the schedule says in the opposite direction, too. So, um, yeah, so we'll kind of see how how things go. I mean, as we've kind of mentioned, there's. A lot of there's a couple of things, a couple of boxes he needs to tick here uh, in short order. But uh, yeah, I mean, this, this maybe to some it feels like the cop out, you know, easy decision, but I think it's the right decision. Yeah, it's the easy decision because it's the right one. And right. credit Michigan to getting this done quick. I mean, you're talking what, 48 hours after Harbaugh left, about that, about 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Pretty quick turnaround. I mean, that's that's a pretty quick and pretty good definitive turnaround to say, hey, we're keeping this train rolling. We're keeping the culture together. Uh, you know, I think this was something the players wanted too, and that's also important uh, because I kind of likened it to like an Antonio Pierce type of situation in Las Vegas where, you know, if he wasn't going to be the guy, you know, you had people, you, obviously you can't request trades in college, but you'd have people requesting <laughs> trades and trying to get out of there because, you know, they, they are fully supportive of Antonio Pierce, and this kind of feels very similar where they would be a straight-up riot in that building if it was anyone but Sharon. And right. I think that kind of tells you what, you know, they think of him as a person and as a coach and, and keeping this, uh, you know, keeping this thing together, keeping this ship rolling, obviously, with, with a couple of new faces with if things go the way we expect them to. Um. I'm still having internet issues here, so I'm not able to access everything I want to. Um, but to to that point, again, larger, and for folks that have watched our podcast, I, I apologize if I sound like a broken record on some things, but Sharon Moore has been head coach 1B of this program for a few years, right? You talk about, oh, Jim Harbaugh was still in the building helping game planning, an overwhelming piece of this resurgence of the Michigan football program starting in 2021 was the committee approach to game planning, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? We've heard even the offensive coordinator say, look, this is a team effort. Grant Newsom is helping as much as anybody. Mike Hart, part of the run game, right? Bellamy. We talked about how once Sharon Moore went from tight end coach to offensive line co-OC, we could see blocking schemes directly from mid-2000s Oklahoma football teams when he was playing there blocking for Adrian Peterson, right? You don't have to squint hard to see Mike Hart's fingerprints on the running backs and the way that they run and the, the lack of fumbles, things like that, right? Everybody's been putting their own little piece in it for a while. So that, that's nothing new, right? The the big change is going to be, and I guess we'll you know, how you want to mingle staff into this and and the bigger topic, we can get more specific, but I've already seen it brought up. You've been posting Intel over at Michigan.rivals.com recruiting, right? Uh, Sean Moore is now the second youngest coach in the big 10 by one month. 
he has been a monster recruiter since he arrived here. Uh, one of the things I wanted to pull up and I can't now is the list of uh, players he's been involved in on the recruitments, but it's wow. outrageous, dude. Yeah, it's Dax, expensive. JJ, Donovan. I mean, it's out all the offensive linemen, obviously, yep. but he's gone beyond his position room since he's been here. Right. There are going to be things that I think could be an upgrade when it comes to recruiting just from his focus on it. And Josh, if you want to get into some of the things you've been posting over yeah. at Maze and Blue Review as well. But I think that's one thing that I think has some folks excited too is not that Jim Harbaugh didn't care about recruiting and not that he wasn't good at scouting talent. Duh, they were. But hey, this is one of those things where maybe we see a little bit something different with the young, energetic Sean Moore, who was brought on to be a monster recruiter in the first yeah, place. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I like to call it Michigan having a bit of a blind spot, when, especially when it comes to recruiting in NIL. There was blind spots in all levels, from you know the athletic department down to you know the, the actual programs itself. But um, yeah, I mean, from everything that I've heard, and you know, I've been talking to quite a few people here the last... 48 hours um, is that there's going to be an increased focus in recruiting. You know, there, where Michigan is going to, from what I heard, double the staff uh, of the recruiting department. I don't know what double is like. I don't know if, what the exact numbers are, but there's going to be a significant investment in people and talent uh, in the recruiting department, which includes a focus on um, high school scouting and, and, I don't want to hear any Connor Stallions jokes. It's scouting tape, you know, and you, can, <laughs> you can use phones scouting high school players, but um, Jim yeah, Harbaugh has to bring him to LA just for the yeah, laughs. Like, that would be, that would be, Oh that my would, God. That'd yeah. be hilarious. But um, yeah, so you can, yeah, the, the, inc the increase in just people in general, more scouting, high school scouting uh, in particular, what was hammered home to me was, uh, on-campus communications. That was kind of the big thing. Um, having more people on campus to welcome these players and be around these players because really, you should know, we, should we bring up the barbecue? Well, yeah. I mean, there was like, <laughs> you know, thousand recruits to three staffers, you know, you can't yeah. really do much. You got to have more people. And, you know, there was, I saw a, a, a retweet from one of someone that was following me saying that, you know, North Carolina has more recruiting staffers in Michigan. So it's a need, you know, it's not like he's just saying, Hey, this looks like it needs to be, it, it's a need at this point, there needs to be more people in that department. And that's, what's going to happen. Allegedly. That's what, what I'm, I'm told and, and all signs point to that happening. But again, you know, I, I say all this stuff and, and actions speak louder than words. So, um, We'll, we'll see. And, and on, the, on the recruiting side itself, uh, I was told that they're planning to have kind of a, a cast, a, a wider net. Um, there were some recruits that Jim Harbaugh kind of stayed away from. And this is no knock. And I'm not trying to knock on Jim Harbaugh on his way out the door. But there were some recruits that he would stay away from, especially ones that may or may not want the bag. Uh, he didn't really want to touch those guys. And I can't really blame him. But um, I think there's going to be more openness to recruit guys who – want to get the bag. And that's not saying that Michigan is going to give the bag, but they're going to be open with, you know, with NIL and say, Hey, if you come to Michigan, this is what you could get and, and kind of be more open with the figures that these players are getting. Again, 
they're not gonna they're not it's not pay for play they're not doing that stuff but they're wanting to increase um well more importantly increase engagement with nil collectives too to to better that relationship uh as well too so and there's you know there's so many other things they're they're planning on hiring a uh a prominent nil firm to help um you know uh, get, to help bridge the gap between collectives and michigan um Let's get organized that, right more organization that should be announced soon i can't really get into more details because i would burn a source yep. and i really would not want to do that um but it's there it's a name that's been reported on through various nil websites so like it, it's it's known um so it's uh it's going to be that's the second time derek's got me in the car oh, I, yeah i just saw that yeah Damn um <laughs> geez uh so yes there's going to be i'm kind of all over the place here but um yeah. the, the most important part too is that Sharon wants to be more engaged with NIL collectives. And I know he's already done that. He's been in contact with alumni clubs already, uh, NIL collectives as well. Um, you know, I think I'm, I'm trying to word this the right way about Jim Harbaugh without making it look like I'm hating on him. I was told that he's, he was very aloof when it comes to NIL and, you know, engagement when it comes to the fans and, and donors and things like that. And Hey, the, the aloofness worked, you know, it, it worked, his process worked, but Sharon Moore is in Jim Harbaugh. You know, he's got to do his own thing. He's got to separate money from these donors pockets. So, and his idea is to be, Hey, you know, as a head coach, you got to kiss babies and shake hands. You got to do it. And and if that means, you know, he goes to a, an alumni event and schmoozes it up a little bit, then that's fine. As long as it's successful. And that's usually a lot of these coaches, you know, to have successful NIL campaigns, you got to be visible. And Jim Harbaugh, to a certain extent, was visible, but could be more. Juwan yeah. Howard, for example not visible at all. And we can see where that NIL and that, that program is. And that's a, that's a conversation saved for our next podcast, but um, visibility matters. And I think that's kind of what Sharon is quickly kind of realized, like, Hey, you know, if I can be more visible, the likelihood of more support and even, you know, getting for the people to get something out of it. You know, you talk about the impact program that, that Jim Harbaugh had, which who knows what's going to happen to, that program now that that jim's gone because that was that was jim's thing and now you know people are giving money to that and they didn't get enough they didn't really get as much money as they'd hoped now it's like well this is the only time i'm really going to see jim after i give him this money like what am i going to get in return and access as simple as that access to the program access to coaches that stuff matters to people especially you know especially people who care about the program and want to donate, you know, getting, feeling some sort of ROI outside of, you know, you're not going to invest. If you invest money into the program, you're not going to get money in return. I mean, you're not get that kind of ROI, but the experience is no, but people, people want more than just feeling good about it too. Right. People, yeah. <laughs> people want yeah, to just, it's more than just writing a check and then never seeing anything again. It, there's, there's more to it than that. 
and there's layers to it. And that's kind of what, um, at least from people that I've sp- spoken with is that, you know, more is, you know, working on that part to kind of bridge that gap. So, um, you know, and, and I want to mention this this comment because it's it's very true. From I, think I, that I brought the. <laughs> uh, why do fans have to donate to colleges that make hundreds of millions of dollars? I agree. I look. Hey, I don't disagree with you, but that's just what it is right now. That's the current climate. You know, unless there's some sort of profit but sharing. That's why Jim was screaming for the revenue share, right? Yeah. Like, but the revenue sharing. right thing for players and probably easier for him too, right? Right. Yeah. And the revenue sharing part of it is not feasible right now, but the NIL part is. So you got to be able to work within those confines. And hey, look, Dylan, I totally agree. I that It doesn't, it shouldn't be up to people to pay for these collectives and stuff, but it, it should to your be, point, that's why they need to be getting something. Right, back. that's why they need to do it because they can't. They don't have another choice. So right. you know, that's just unfortunately the the side effect of of this nil culture right now is that you know programs can't do anything about it, but you have to rely on you know. There's part of it, you know, part of it is the small chunk of it where you know you've got the everyday fan that donates ten, twenty dollars, fifty dollars a month or, or total. And then you've got the wealthy donors who really fork up the big bucks. You know, you, you don't, you shouldn't have to rely on one side of the fence and the other, but you know, and, and, and again, as clear, I mentioned, not that they're not doing anything. They've done a lot of interesting, engaging things with players, right, and merchandise exactly. and stuff like that. But exactly. That more are, of that, more there of is, that. yeah, there is some level of ROI in that. And you know, that it's going to the players, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I, I can understand people saying, well, why should I have to give my money to make this successful? I, I get it. Trust me. I am fully on board with that. I don't think it should be necessary. But that's just – it's the NCAA, and that's just what we are at right now. And it's it's a fair argument to make. I totally respect it and understand it. And I also respect and understand why people would want to donate too. There's, there's two sides to it. And – you know, that's, that's good, but you shouldn't have to rely on, um, I guess, I don't want to call people average Joes and Janes, but you know, that's kind of what it is with the, with the majority of well, these yeah. smaller, like the, the one more year fund. A lot of that was based on yeah. you know the everyday person, you know, donating whatever they can, um, at that moment in time. Well, let's be honest. Ticket prices have gone up significantly. Yep. Right. The the cost to park and everything else, the hat just because it's night. I mean, all that stuff has gone up. Right. And to I mean, Michigan, of course, is going to raise season ticket prices going into next year. The schedule is better to their credit. I mean, there's a lot more elite games, but like you're already kind of maximizing what you can get (laughs) out of people. So I I understand that sentiment. I, I agree with it completely. I've been yeah. screaming forever. <laughs> Michigan's getting a hundred million dollars a year just to be broadcast. Right. right? But, <laughs> right. but that that's just a legal thing right now. And you've got people in Congress that are fighting for something, but who, who has what's interests in mind. And to Harbaugh's credit on NIL, the, the way it was worded to me is Jim has been an incredible advocate for NIL for his players. Yeah. But maybe not for his program. Right. And that might sound confusing, 
But when you think about it in the context of what Josh is saying, he's at these signing events. He's making these public comments to a level no other coach is, right? But the politics game of it. And, and when it comes to, I don't even want to call it pay for play because there is an element of pay for play that's literally not allowed. The NCAA is pretending to enforce it, I guess, a little bit with the Florida State and Florida right. interactions. But let's be clear. There's a line Michigan is willing to cross when it comes to that because mm -hmm. Will Johnson signed NIL deals the day he signed his NLI. Now, unless they came up with that five minutes before, yeah, those right. discussions were had ahead of time. Yep. Bryce Underwood was aware of what NIL packages were going to exist when he came here. We, we talked about Michigan doing things the right way with NIL for a long time in terms of rewarding the players that are here. You brought up those who stay one more year, right? And using it in the portal. Some of that's just, dude, there's schools giving stupid amounts of money. I'm not going to say any dollars because I think a lot of it are inflated and fake. But we've seen Michigan lose commits well, for the sake of just understanding three and four star defensive tackle or edge players that are getting money from a Southern school. And it's like, I'm not giving you, that's crazy. Yeah, that's, right. I'm not giving you that much money before you were even on campus that that's crazy. It's bad for my locker room. I don't like it. I, I never want to say like when kids, people are like, Oh, kids chasing a bag. Okay. I don't have a problem with him getting his worth or having interest in that. But what I think Michigan's done a really good job of doing is making sure that's not the reason you're coming here. Cause right. you're going to leave next year or the year afterwards anyway. Yeah. And to be that's, clear, that's still going to be the thing, but, yes, but you know, there, there are five stars that can be culture fits. You know, that, right. that fit what yeah, you don't, you for. don't need to throw the person out right away. He's got, it's fair for a kid to ask that question. Right. Right. Um, real quick on it, just cause I brought it up. Somebody said, Hey, can you recruit any elite level ready primary or secondary Daxton Hill, JJ McCarthy, Donovan Edwards, AJ Henning, Mozzie Smith, Braden McGregor, Tyler Morris, Sprague, Frazier, obviously, Trevor Keegan, Rayshon Benny, Makari Page, Carson Barnhart. You get the point. Okay. This dude. <laughs> like, he knows how to recruit. Yeah. Roman Wilson, Eric Hall, He's going to surround himself with other coaches that can recruit too. You, right. sir, just planted a segue. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> other cool. coaches. All right. <laughs> no, but it, it, like they're, they're, it's true though. Like, they, yeah. he, he, it's not just up to him to recruit. Uh, he's going to recruit very well. We know that. I mean, he has shown that. But you also have to have assistants that go out there and recruit too. And and they and they do. But there is going to be a little bit of a shuffling of the Michigan staff moving forward if if things are going the way we expect them to. Yeah. So that how you know on top of the investment in the recruiting department, how does recruiting change? under Sharon Moore and, and new staff, we'll have to see who he fills those staff positions with, of course. But, um, I mean, for him on a personal level, you know, there's, there's no doubt that he can recruit. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. Let's, uh, let's go down the staff. I know that this is a big question a lot of folks have. So we'll start with the one that we know for sure, because now that Sharon Moore is the head coach, he is no longer the offensive coordinator or the offensive line coach. Um, I put out an article with some offensive coordinator candidates. Uh, top of the list, most obvious to me, seems the internal promotion of Kirk Campbell 
I know you have some things to share on that. We'll get on that. Uh, Campbell, again, the way this offense works, was heavily involved in the game planning, has some play calling experience from his time at Old Dominion, was at Penn State for a little bit. Um, And then to your point, talking about recruiting, we've seen what Kirk Campbell means for recruiting tangibly, right? He, I don't want to be hyperbolic here. He saved the Jaden Davis recruitment. Yeah. Is, is there, there's no other way to put it. Michigan did not ultimately land Bryce Underwood. They had no chance when Kirk Campbell came on staff. Right. And, and he had yeah. Michigan in that battle, at least to the last few months. Right. So, and Carter Smith skyrocketing up rankings. Shocking. I know Florida yeah. player, of the, Florida player of the year. Right. I brought this up with Mason Graham being California player of the year a really good state you gotta be a good player to win that but anyway um a couple external candidates that i listed as well but this feels like maybe it's trending towards kirk yeah right now i i don't i i hesitate to say say real quick guys we are speculating right (laughs) on a lot of this there's things we're hearing whatever yeah if we knew who the coach definitely was going to be they'd be announced so right or we (laughs) say it with more certainty for sure you know Um, but from what I've heard, it, it sounds like Kirk Campbell is right now likely the favorite to be the offensive coordinator has offensive calling experience, obviously called the plays, um, when well helped call the plays when, when Sharon was gone on his one game suspension and, um, Isn't that the first game of the year, uh, second yeah, first game. I see this that that all that stuff is so long ago. I can't even remember. Blur, dude. Yeah, it is. A blur. <laughs> it, all just, it all just kind of melded into one. But um, yeah, as Jason mentioned here, that's what I was just about to get into. Um, Campbell makes a lot of sense. Uh, offensive coordinator experience at Old Dominion connects with recruits. Easy transition. Yeah, kind of like Sharon. You have a built-in guy there that kind of you can slot in. Makes sense. He's been around the program for years. You know, he's been there for multiple years, not as a position coach. Obviously, last year was his first year as QB coach. But, you know, a guy that's been an offensive analyst in this offense, which and and we don't even know if this offense is going to be the same. There's going to be some tweaks, I'm sure, uh, with with Sharon. But it's going to be this program is going to be relatively the same in terms of offensive and defensive schemes. I, I maybe more so I feel more confident about that offensively maybe defensively might be a little different. We'll get into the defensive coordinator talk here in a second, but um, yeah, Campbell, he's a guy you can just plug and play for a lot of reasons. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have the full vast offensive play calling experience. The old dominion obviously is not on Michigan's level, but he's familiar with the offense, familiar with how plays are called. It's worth a shot. He's good recruiting. He's really good at connecting with quarterback recruits. I'd be really curious to see, how he connects with, you know, running backs, receivers, right. um, tight ends, offensive linemen, and stuff like that. If you expand and, and make him cast a wider net, and of course, he talks to these kids. It's not like he's just talking to quarterbacks and quarterbacks only. He talks to a lot of kids, but allowing him to kind of, as the kids say, cook a little bit and let him go out and and do a couple of things, who knows? You might see you know, more success on the recruiting trail and you might see an offense that people might, might like, you know, there might be some extra, you know, uh, 
wrinkles added in there. So that one makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. And then there's another one that makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons too. And that's bumping uh, Grant Newsom from tight ends to offensive line. Um, another one that makes a lot of sense that would have happened regardless of whether Sharon is the head coach or Jim Harbaugh was the head coach. Yeah. We've been uh, talking about that, that more yeah. Newsome swap. Yeah. Har- uh, Harbaugh even earlier this year on uh, one of the inside Michigan football uh, shows earlier in the year mentioned that, you know, if Sharon were to move on that he'd be in the fast track to be the offensive line, the next offensive line coach. So yep. um, as far as I'm aware, the assumption is that, that's going to go to, to Grant Newsom. I know for I, I know that they haven't exactly discussed it yet, but Newsom is you know there's there's kind of this assumption that it's going to happen. This kind of this I wouldn't say under understanding that it's going to happen, but um, yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things where it's you know it just makes sense. It makes sense, and now which leads to all right now you have a tight end position. Um, that tight end position is open. Do you fill it with a tight end coach? I don't know. That's kind of it where yeah. uh, Sharon has to figure out a couple of things. Obviously you got Ron Bellamy, who's likely going to stay. And I think the, the, the big question now uh, is, is what Michigan's going to do with my car. And that's, that one's up in the air. You know, well, I, I, I don't, I, say, I don't want to say something real quick before we get into that. So, I, I do agree with the moves you're saying moving to offensive line. As far as promoting Campbell, there are some external OC candidates that interest me. I think from a continuity standpoint of Campbell and Newsom going up, it's a it's important on offense because you have so many changes coming too. But also to your point, like with the tight end coach, maybe more still works with tight ends. And you know, if you're if you're looking to improve the recruiting on your team it's a lot easier to fill some of these position coach roles with ACE recruiters than it is to get an awesome offensive coordinator and an awesome play, you know, recruiter. Right. So if you feel like Campbell can do both of those, it makes sense to internal promote, but yeah, that I've already seen the, the idea of, you know, pass game coordinator for Campbell run game for Mike Hart, Mike Hart sticking with the staff is up in the air, which you were going to get to. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's been kind of the one, even I thought I heard even before this was announced, right. Um, that it's kind of, yeah, it is up. Probably the best way to say it is up in the air. Uh, the vibe I guess right now is, um, heading towards him not being on this staff. And it was kind of worded to me as, you know, a personal decision to not be on the staff. I don't know what that means. I don't want to, I don't want to speculate either. Um, I, I, I just, I don't know what the reason would be, but it just sounds like, and I don't get the sense it's going to be because he's going to follow Jim to LA. I don't get that sense too. Um, it's hearts had aspirations for years. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond being the running back coach at Michigan. And he didn't want the Michigan job, the, the, the head coaching job. And he knew he wasn't going to get it. So it's kind of at the point where, he might look into other opportunities. I know he kind of wants to be a Mac level coach and, and cut his teeth there and work his way up. So um, obviously there's no Mac level head coaching positions available. The one, the only one that was, was Buffalo and that was filled the other day. So I, I don't know what 
that would look like with with Hart not evolved in the in the picture. I know um, I can I can say that uh, Sharon has spoken with Demarco Murray from Oklahoma, but I think that's only going to be that just a, just a, a talk. Uh, I get from talking to multiple people in Oklahoma and, and involved with with Oklahoma. Uh, he loves that's his school. He he loves it there. Um, he 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 doesn't care about the money. He's not in it for the money. He's in it because he wants to be involved in the game. And the only reason he wants to leave Oklahoma is if he goes back to TV. So um, the, the the obvious sooner connection between Sharon Moore and and uh, Demarco Murray makes a ton of sense. Um, the the way it was worded to me was that they would not be surprised that the two talked, but the, it probably wouldn't get further than that. And that's fine, but it's good to see him swinging for the fences, right? You know, taking the big, the big swings for some big names and, and, you know, some good recruiters. Marco Murray is a good recruiter. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's going to be decisions to make. There's going to be holes to fill. Uh, you know, we haven't even talked about the defensive side of the ball yet, but, um, there's going to be some shuffling on offense and, I'm I'm glad that offensive line and offensive coordinator is going to be filled with people and not just, you know, I, and I never, and I never assumed it was going to be this way that Sharon would say, Oh, I'll still take, you know, he'll have his hands in both, but he's really he, want him to be the head coach, right? You <laughs> yeah. just want him to be the head coach. You don't want him to have too many hands dipped into too many things, but he'll still obviously be involved with the offensive line. But, um, yeah, he can finally just focus on the team and not focus on a million things at once. Well, now he has to focus on million program things at once, but not a million things with his position. So, right. um, yeah, the offense as a whole staff wise is probably going to look a little different. You know, I don't know if he's going to fill a tight end in a tight end position. I would assume so. I, I would assume he just kind of keep the same like staff position wise, linebacker, special teams, safeties, all that kind of stuff, you know, as fillable jobs, but, uh, he's got, he's got some work to do. He's got some work to do. And, and, and as far as I'm aware, you know, this stuff is already in the works. So, um, you know, we'll kind of see how quickly, how quickly that that'll go, but, uh, definitely he's got some, got some work to do and he's got to do it quick. I think at minimum, the, the DeMarco Murray conversation is a clue into what we've been talking about in terms of what Moore's vision and priority would be around recruiting. Um, and the state of Texas comes to mind, right? Moore playing at Oklahoma and his own connections to Texas. DeMarco Murray uh, got Taylor Tatum, a, a running back recruit that Michigan was interested in, right? Has his ties to Texas. And we'll, we'll go ahead and move into defense here. Um, when I made my article about defensive coordinators, candidates internally, a lot of people have talked about Steve Klinscale already co-defensive coordinator. There's been murmurs for a long time about whether he would even want the DC role or if he would want to continue to essentially coordinate the past defense and do what he's, you know, what that looks like. He's obviously a monster recruiter. You want to keep on the staff as well. And then externally, we talked about, do you find somebody like a Jim Leonard who's already been established on their own and maybe there's some scheme fit, but is, is going to do their own thing largely? Do you promote from within, like we said with Clink, or do you go to the well that has served you so 
well, well. <laughs> for three years. And, and it's the Ravens. And I'm not going to lie. I expected Minter gone all year anyway. I've been looking at Ravens coaching rosters and digging deep into that for weeks. Um, the name I identified early and our chat is already on it on the list. And we've heard early too is being involved is Zachary Orr. Yeah. So he's a linebacker coach um, for the Ravens right now. He left briefly for one year, went to the Jaguars, ended up coming back. He's been under Mike McDonald for the last two years. What I like about him is it's not just like, oh, it's another Raven guy. Mike McDonald coaches linebackers. Right. Right. So the, those two have been hand in hand for the last two years. Uh, he just happened to coach the best linebacker unit in the NFL this year. Right. Like yeah. he's, and he's been doing it for six or seven years. Right. His parallels to McDonald are actually incredibly similar. He's young. What is he? 31, 32, something like that. He's a he's young 30, dude. 31 or something. Yeah, yeah. He's 31. So that, that's, well, that is young. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a risk in its own right, right there. But, you know, but again, the young energetic coach, I mean, this, this is a guy that can relate to younger players differently, but beyond that part of his resume, something that stuck out to me right away was he played his high school ball at DeSoto in yep. Texas powerhouse. Right. Yep. And again, just this, this thing of Florida hasn't gone really well for Michigan <laughs> in the last few years. And I wonder if in Moore's mind with his own connections, I was like, man, here's another dude that young, energetic, played ball, NFL connections, connections to Texas, Murray, or like they're kind of in the same vein. And Orr checks a lot of boxes because he hits that and he's the Raven scheme. Um, yeah. If you want to talk about maybe a little, and again, speculating here, but a little bit we've heard about communication with him and, and maybe clink and, and Elston where that defensive staff could be going. Yeah. Um, I want to point this out. Mr. Martini here, John Harbaugh can find some freaking coaches that man that, I mean, both Harbaugh's John and Jim, they, he, they can both spot talent. They've got a really good eye for talent. Um, it, it yeah. Uh, credit to both of them. They're, they're just really good at what they do. Is he the um, most tenured coach in the NFL now? John it's got to be close because Carol, yeah. well, he was before Carol may play anyway. It's going to, it's him or Tomlin with Belichick gone. Yeah. I think it might be. That's yeah, crazy. Huh. I'm going yeah. to look, look that up while you're talking about. Yeah. On the defense. yeah. Um, I got, sorry. My ADHD. I got to know now. No, I, I think you <laughs> may be right, but um, this is wild to think about. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, or is definitely a name that we've heard. I don't know. If it's an echo chamber of people that talk amongst each other. Oh, Andy Reid. No, he's not tenured. He's not. He's the longest in the NFL, but he's not been that hasn't been that long with Kansas City. It's been a while, though. Really? I know. It's. I bet it's been over 10 years at least. Oh, Tomlin falling snow. It's Tomlin by one year. 17 years. Okay. I figured year. those were going to be the closest. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. We got way. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. Or is, is a name that we have been told about. I, I, I haven't heard anything in regards to um, anything consistent um, in, in terms of what they've for sure spoken about the job or, or he's for sure on the list, but he's a name that keeps popping up with people I talk to. And again, I don't know. It, it's funny because it's with from people that wouldn't 
like interact with each other. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be from people that would, you know, share stuff amongst each other, but I don't know if that's more so just a echo chamber of names that have been bounced around. But I mean, he's definitely a guy that's being named and, and yeah, you know, if you're talking about wanting to dip into that, you know, Baltimore pool of talent with coaches uh, and if, you know, or wants to be a DC as someone mentioned in our comments, it's a great shot to do it. Now uh, you're a 31 year old coach who could be a DC at Michigan. I mean, with players, with players ready to run your scheme. Like yeah. You're yeah. To succeed. Yeah. With a ready-made scheme deal. right there. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're on the fast track to be either very, very good or very, very bad. I mean, it's, there's no in between. Um, and, and, you know, following up Minter, you have to be very good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely a name. Uh, Clink is definitely a guy that, that will get a look uh would probably likely still stay on as as co-dc i don't think that title will change i mean that title was earned uh in his second year with michigan because he hit contract parameters um to yeah, guess it was that. always forgone he was going to be right the conclusion that was going to happen right. yeah so um yeah i have no doubts that clink is uh, he's on, he's going to be with the staff. There's, there's no uh, doubts there. Um, but yeah, the DC one is going to be interesting. You know, do you stick with that, uh, you know, a Baltimore tree um, or do you go to uh, a, a talk to Lynn from USC? Who's only been there for a month. I mean, that I was the name I had on there too. I would give him a call because of the play calling experience. Right. He's I got a year. A call, yeah. But you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I, does he want to go with someone with experience? I, I don't know. I mean, it may be, would it be smart to go with someone with, with experience? Maybe, but, uh, you know, dipping into the, dipping into the, into that, uh, Ravens pool is probably, is the juice worth the squeeze? I would say so, you know, for right now, as far as how well that's worked, I yeah, would say just so. because it's worked before, it doesn't mean it's going to work every time. Right. But exactly. McDonald didn't have play calling experience. Minter had one year at Vanderbilt and yeah. he wasn't running his defense. That right. was something when Minter was first hired and people were like looking at Vanderbilt numbers. They're like, what? He was running. I feel like I always butchers. Is it Clark Lay? Clark Leah? I can't remember how to pronounce it. He left Notre Dame. He was running his 335 scheme. So it wasn't even his defense that first year he was there, right? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, if I want to live in a fantasy land and say my dream scenario, it's Lynn comes to be DC for a year or two and or is your linebackers coach, right? <laughs> like, right. But again, this isn't. Well, Jason game, brings but... up a good point here too. And someone else on our message boards did a good, brought up a good point too. If Jason, for those listening to the podcast, he says, I mean, or can also coach the linebackers. True. So do you go, and this is, this is nothing sourced or anything like this. No, this but this is where you could start to get creative, right? This is yeah. And this was brought up by someone on our message boards too. And I can't remember the name and I'm sorry if you're listening and I haven't given you credit, but I can't remember who said it, but do you go co-defensive coordinators? Do you go co-DC or linebackers? and co-DC defensive backs claim. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when I say defensive backs, it's not just corners because we talk about we talk about um, Clink as coaching all the positions. And, yes, Jay Harbaugh coached safeties. And you can kind of include that, those two guys working together. So I'd assume they'd hire a safeties coach too. 
But do you do that route? And again, this is just speculation. Do you do that route where you name code DC and have uh, or call the plays or make it a collaborative right. process? I mean, I think that idea is probably a lot easier to sell to the to the um, the less optimistic Michigan fan. <laughs> by you know who would say oh he's 31 years old he's never called plays you know he's only been a coach for blah right. blah 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 you know i think that's an easier sell where you can say all right well you've got a co-defensive coordinator already in clink and you know i think it's i think it would be an easier sell and that would be you know almost the this almost the route i would take personally is the, I, the yeah. green or through and then kind of have those two guys work together. You know, a guy that both guys have experience with the defense. Um, Clink being the co-defensive coordinator who was very intimately involved with the defense the last two years. Well, three really. Um, I would, I would probably make that call again. I don't know if that's going to happen. You know, I think maybe, or might get the DC job in itself, or they might go in a completely different direction, but having those two guys working together and, and giving or experience where maybe one day you can say, all right, if he doesn't leave um, and get hired as a DC somewhere else, he can kind of give the reins to, or, and, and, you know, have him get that, that, that training. But um, as your average fan mentioned here, play calling will always be the key and a hundred percent agree. Mentor's a genius dude. Right. Like, yeah. Either you got it or you don't. So that's the big thing. Does he got? Does he have it? Does he not? Does Clink have it? Does he not? And I that mean, might not be an experience thing either. Right. And it, it's exactly that, as, as yeah. your average fan mentioned too. It, it you can't teach that. That that you can't teach that. So the, there is a little bit of, I guess, some unknowns if you go that route. I mean, obviously, this point could be boot tomorrow because they could make a defensive coordinator hire tomorrow for all we know. You know, but I think it just makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons to, to stay with that Baltimore uh, pool of talent. So we'll kind of see where that goes. And I think it's a John asked, yeah, will he hire special teams coach? Or, so you kind of touched on this with Jay coaching safeties and mm -hmm. special teams, but Clink obviously had his hand in safeties as well. So is that something you do where Clink oversees the entire secondary and you hire a special team specific coach? Um, well, we haven't even mentioned the fact that we're expecting Jay to follow Jim to, to LA. Yeah, we haven't sorry. mentioned that. No, that no, you're fine. No, I, I, <laughs> I should have mentioned that already. Yeah. We're expecting yeah. Jay to follow Jim to LA too, by the way. Yeah. So um, yeah, sorry. Back to your point. No. Yeah. Sorry. At least I'm kind of blurred between what we've talked about, but yeah, like you, you can get creative where, you know, you, you, you add, or, or, you know, Bellamy was hired initially to coach safeties and, you know, maybe you bring in a Ryan Osborne who is a defensive assistant and made a lot of help or had a lot of help in hand with what the edge was doing. It was just a DC for a year in Charlotte. I'm not saying make him DC, but if he comes in and he's doing, outside linebacker defensive end and that frees up elston to do what you know i mean you can get creative with the staff is what i'm saying i don't think it has to be a straightforward this position this position um you can sorry i love making analogies we always talk about with the offensive line right sometimes you've got some designated 
this is my left tackle. This is my left guard. Yep. And sometimes you roll out the ball, you figure out who your five best offensive linemen are, and then you figure out the role afterwards. Depending on what more feels like his priorities are when he's building this staff, you can say, look, I want these types of coaches and these types of recruiters. And then we'll, we'll figure out the positions, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Or, you know, we, we've seen weird structures in the past. Other teams do it. Um, there, there's some names I've heard as well with safety's coach. Um, is it Zach Spavadol? Is that how you say it? He's over in um, Maryland now, safety's coach. He has some lower level DC experience, has a connection to more. Mm-hmm. He, he's got options. And obviously, look, we, we, Sometimes we talk about this like you're just moving puzzle pieces around. Uh, These are people with their own career aspirations, with their own families, right? Um, Jim Harbaugh has made a decision that is going to trickle down to literally hundreds of people. And they've got to make their own decisions. And then people coming will have the same thing where they're going to have to make decisions about moving their families and their children. And, and, you know, it's a big deal. Right. So I think it's easy for all of us to be like, oh, I want this dude. Da, da, da. There's a lot to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, a guy like Ben Herbert <laughs> is going to have to make that choice. We've we've heard a lot of positive things on Ben Herbert staying. Um, I've speculated just on paper. Uh, he just signed a contract. He makes more money in college than he will in the NFL. Yeah. And, you know, the role is there. But I'll kind of um, give you a little inside baseball right now. Um, I'm working on confirming that Ben Herbert's staying. Okay. I haven't gotten it completely confirmed yet, but we've had good vibes. (laughs) I I have a sense. I'm hearing some good things about him. Yeah. And and without getting into too much detail, he has family reasons that would lead him to want to stay here. Um, And then honestly, just for his impact in his role, again, unless, Harbaugh was able to get him a different type of role with the chargers. Um, you don't run a gym in the NFL like you do in college, right? These guys come in, they do their own work. They have their own trainers. It's just, it's just not the same thing. So, but anyway, don't confirm he might go. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, we well, if we say he's staying, it's because he is right. So we're, we're largely right. trying to fill you guys in with what we're hearing and, and speculate and just let you know what we are hearing. So, um, because it's out now, I want to touch on his contract and then maybe we can talk a little bit about some things he said. It is a five-year deal for him. Ends up being base 5.5. I don't think that's anything too crazy for a, a first-time head coach. There's obviously some standard risers that are built into it, uh, some some good incentives that are, I, I mean, off the top of my head, if the, these are either the exact same as Harbaugh's or pretty close um, Big Ten, just getting to the conference championship game is 250 grand. Winning it is 500. So there's 750 right there. He's got a half million he can make from CFP appearances. He's semi appearances, another half million, 750 for getting the national championship, another million. So, you know, he can add another $4 million or so on top just from performance. And then there's some other things involved as well with academic achievements through the program and some other benefits he'll receive as well, you know, automobile and access to stuff like that. So, yeah, I was told, I was told two days ago, uh, 
six million. It was six. I was told six million. So that's mm-hmm. why I don't like jump to naming numbers because yeah. they're almost never correct <laughs> or they're right. at least ballparked. So in this case, ballpark. Well, know, and, and honestly, some of it actually, I got to get to what John just said. Cause I can't believe I didn't mention him. Um, when we were talking about the defensive staff, Dylan Roney. And yes, you did spell that correctly. If, I mean, I, I still could see a scenario where somebody like Orr, who has a linebacker background, is hired as DC, and somebody like Roney has moved to linebacker coach. Because, again, if if you care about recruiting, I hear Dylan Roney's name as much as anybody on this staff yeah. when you talk to recruits. They love him, right? Another guy, former player um, up at Ferris, I believe. Yeah. Um, he's had a huge impact on the edge. And he's basically become the new Ryan Osborne in some ways. Uh, he is high football IQ, just a really incredible personality. Just one of those dudes that the the way um, there's one recruit I talked to a bunch and he said, he just, just has his presence, man. And you, you care what he's saying to you. And it, he, he's an impressive young talent. So yeah, getting him on the staff would not be a bad thing. You know, back on mm-hmm. offense, we've brought up Denard Robinson and what he's been doing in recruiting. Does he maybe become running back coach? Does he get a more elevated role in the recruiting department? Lots of choices, lots of moving parts. But, um, and then yeah, like I, I was just gonna say with the contract with the, the multipliers and things that could add in, and also like his, his real base salary is only five hundred grand, right? Oh, it is six million. Well, oh, look at that. I was actually yeah. right. Well, what I was reading my, just said five, but sorry to my uh, to my guy that I just got called out. <laughs> it's all good. Ah, I see. Yep. Okay. So it's 5 million year one, 500 grand retention per year. Oh, okay. That's so that, that gets it up to say, yeah, this isn't, I mean, so yeah. And well, let's, let's be honest. If he's succeeding by year five, that contract's already been torn up and renewed by year three. Oh yeah. If he's succeeding by year three, (laughs) he's going to get a deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. Let me, I I think, I think Roni is, is definitely next man up. I mean, I think, I think pretty safe to say that he's uh elston's understudy i mean him and him and elston work really well together so yep. i would not be shocked at all if he ends up on this staff in some capacity whether it's this year or the next i mean he's due so yeah we'll see you know i i, I will see just real quick some things that sharon Moore said with this announcement of him being the 21st head coach uh, i want to thank coach harbaugh for the faith that he has displayed in me over the past six years and for supporting my growth as a football coach during that time. Thanks to Athletic Director Award Manual for putting his faith and trust in me to be the next leader of this football program. I also want to thank President Santa Ono and members of the Board of Regents for believing me as well. Guys, okay, yeah, I've been, this is cool. I've been preparing my entire coaching career for this opportunity, and I can't think of a better place to be head coach than the University of Michigan. We will do everything each day as a team to continue the legacy of championship football that has been played at Michigan for the past 144 years. Our standards will not change. We will be smart, tough, dependable, relentless, enthusiastic, championship-level team that loves football, plays with a passion for the game, the winged helmet, and each other. We will also continue to achieve excellence off the field, in the classroom, and in our communities. I'm excited to start working in this new role with our players, coaches, and staff. What makes him unique to me is after Rich Rod, there was this obsession with the term Michigan man. Yeah. 
And I think it moved from a character thing to this idea that you had to have been at Michigan before or whatever. And as I've explained before, multiple programs hire people that have come through because like, that's what you do. You have connections to these people, right? Mm -hmm. Does Jim Harbaugh go from the NFL San Francisco 49ers to Michigan if he doesn't have the connections he has to this program? Probably not, yeah. right? He's your dream scenario. He was a coveted coach who happens to have a connection to your program, Yeah, right? But on the back of Rich Rod, Michigan felt lost. It had lost its identity. And, and you go and get Brady Hoke who's got a connection to a program and he pounds the podium and says, this is Michigan for God's sakes. Mm -hmm. And that was played in the stadium. It was on shirts and posters. It was like, we're still Michigan. Right. And they were saying it, but not doing it. That's not a shot at Brady Hoke. I've said before the pressure on that man running this program, trying to restore it. It, it takes a special individual. Right. But anyway, Sharon Moore is a unique situation because now that he's been in this program for six years and he's grown from tight end coach to offensive line coach to co-OC to OC and now to head coach. I feel like he's been taught this program and the traditions and the culture of it. He's learned it from the best man possible in Jim Harbaugh, but he's also got his own set of eyes, right? So it, it, it's he can bring something a little bit new and different while still understanding what makes Michigan great, right? Like it, it, that's what makes him such a good hire for me. And it, and sometimes it's stupid stuff. We get mad about Rich Rod taking the wings off the helmet because they had to earn their wings in camp. Remember that? Or he gives a corner yeah. freshman, the number one Jersey. What the hell are you doing? You can't do that with the number one Jersey, yeah. right? Some of that's stupid, but it's, Part of college football, man, those little things of identity is in the program. But overall, the the toughness and, and the, the culture that he speaks to. And as he just said here, uh, K6R. Look, we don't know what comes in the future, right? That's a cliche quote, Jim. But I, I, I think there is a chance that Michigan could be set up with a guy for a really long time here. And, and maybe you don't have to worry about the or the NFL stuff every year, hopefully. It's funny. I, I want to make a couple of points here, but I want to point out too, crazy that uh, Steve here, crazy that we got Sharon out of the Dan Enos. Oh my uh, God. It's That's so true. It's funny how Dan Enos's decision to come to Michigan and then leave two weeks later kind of <sighs> really set all of this in motion. That's really wild. That's a really good point, Steve. I didn't even think about that at all. That's a really good point. That's crazy to think about. Uh, uh, so, somebody wow. asked where uh, Moore was before. Tight end coach at Central Michigan was also assistant head coach, recruiting coordinator. Um, yep. Before that, he was at Louisville under Charlie Strong. Um, yep. When Charlie Strong got the job in Texas, he did not go with Texas, went up to Central and then before that, he got his start as a GA at Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, I, th I think he was at a JUCO or, or a CC for a couple of years first, went to Oklahoma. I mean, we're talking Bob Stoops, Venables, Sumlin, uh, Kevin. I mean, just the loaded staff of the, the yeah. mid-2000s Oklahoma was there as a GA for a little bit there, coaching O-line. So right. that it, it's think, quite the rise for him. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I get people's like, you know, hey, is, is, is he ready for it? We think, think he is, big, but we, you don't know. The big man. thing for Sharon is that he doesn't have to win the press conference tomorrow. 
I think the big thing with Michigan in the yeah. past is that you know you have to you have to uh, win the press conference. Yeah, you know that was because Brady Hook was selling hope. He was selling hope. Rich Rod, obviously, you got to win the press conference because you're selling hope and you replace Lloyd. Curry. And Rich Rod lost the press conference when he said the Ohio State game was the same as any other game. You remember that? Right. That, right. And that was it. And he lost. And, and I know what he meant. He meant we're going to take every game serious, whatever. That doesn't fly. <laughs> right. No, you don't say that. You don't say that in a press conference setting. Um, Sharon has been around. You know what you're getting with Sharon. Michigan is, success, is successful because Sharon helped it get to this point. He doesn't have to go out there and slam his fist on the table and say, oh, this is this is Michigan, for God's sake. You know, this blah, blah, blah. He doesn't have to do that. Michigan's already at a position where it's saying itself, this is Michigan. You know, this is what Michigan is. Winning national championships. He doesn't have to come out and prove anything. He's This team is under his, under his help has proven it. Obviously, he's going to have to lead the way now. But he doesn't have to come out and, and you know, be this big, make it a big deal, make it this big spectacle or whatever. It, it just That's a really good point, man. On what you're doing. Yes, there's going to be pressure, but there's not, it, it, you don't have to, you know, he doesn't have to come out. There's no pressure on him tomorrow to make these big statements of, of, how this, what this program is going to look like. Yeah. He's going to get those questions and yeah, he's going to be asked about succeeding, um, uh, being a succession to, to Jim Harbaugh, but it doesn't, it, you know what you're getting, what you see is what you get with Sharon Moore. There's going to be nothing. There's no, there's no pressure, no pressure about this, uh, about tomorrow. I should say no pressure about tomorrow. Yes. There's going to be pressure in the future. However, they were at central together. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's that there, he doesn't have to go out and win the press conference tomorrow. He just needs to do his thing. Keep it going. Just keep yeah. it going. That's the most important part. And again, a cliche I've been talking about since the sign stealing, scouting, whatever nonsense broke. I told people like, look, if there's anything we've learned from, deflate gate or whatever you want to call the trash can thing with the Astros, right? All of this stuff is overblown. Maybe mm-hmm. not with the Astros. I mean, literally having devices on you telling you what pitch is coming is pretty intense, but in terms of deflate gate, it was Tom Brady. It was the Patriots easy target. That entire thing was overblown. And then they won the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. And Roger Goodell had to hand that trophy to Belichick and Brady and then they kept winning. Yep. And now do Jets fans bring it up or whoever? Sure. But you look stupid. And we've already seen online. Sorry to all the Jets fans that are watching. Yeah, I didn't mean it. You guys, you guys caught a very stray there. My bad, dog. I'm just picking a rival. They're clear <laughs> rivals, right? But my point is I've seen a lot of even Ohio State fans that are like, guys, we look stupid. They won. Right. It was fun, whatever. But if you actually think that Stallions is the reason Michigan was winning these games, you're an idiot, right? Like even their own fan base is starting to say, okay, because they won, right? They, Dude, you saw the vultures flying around before the Penn State game. And then before Ohio State, Iowa, not so much. But I mean, there were trolls. I mean, Pat McAfee and dudes picking Iowa to win. Like, okay. Right. And then Alabama, 
right? Every uh, They were circling, right? And then Washington, and then they win it all. There's nothing else you can say. So Sharon Moore doesn't have to win the press conference. To, to win his area, he's got to win football games. It's that simple, right? Like winning just does everything. Now, if Jim Harbaugh was coming back this year, I don't think I'm predicting undefeated season for Michigan next year, even with Jim Harbaugh back. Um, so once everything settles and you get through camp and stuff, maybe we'll start to see where expectations lie for Sharon Moore, meeting or exceeding them as the goal, whatever they are, and then you know, continuing it, keep it going, right? That that's that's the goal. And and that's how he's going to be judged and how long of a leash he has on that. We'll see. But I'm telling you, winning on the field, winning off the field, we've already seen, excuse me, a couple recruits comment their interest has gone up with Sharon Moore becoming the head coach. I love Jim Harbaugh to death. But since he's left, one of my favorite things, people are just saying all these funny stories about him, right? Um, Blake Corum talked about how they like sat in his office for two minutes and he didn't say anything. <laughs> he still got Blake Corum. Jordan Marshall, I know, has had said, made some similar comments about Harbaugh kind of being his own cat. Um, there are dudes that Michigan didn't land because they didn't jive with Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that that's just that's just part of it. Right. And and I've brought up multiple times the four for four photo of Blake Frazier, Jordan Marshall, Brady Prescorn, Jane Davis, and Harbaugh wasn't even here that weekend. And Sharon Moore is dead center. Right. That's that's why we've continued to kind of say, like, this isn't like, oh, first year coordinator just got promoted, blah, blah, blah. Uh, let me go through some questions here and then we'll we'll probably get close to wrapping up unless the questions keep rolling in. Um, yeah, four for four is Sharon. Uh it's really, really early here, Josh, but you had some early indications with Gatlin Bear. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do we know? It, it it felt like it wasn't going to matter, right? I mean, but do, do we have any idea what – because he's the only guy they're waiting on at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think anything changes. I still think Michigan is going to be the team to beat with, with Sharon Moore. I know for a fact that, that Sharon and – his, or excuse me, uh, Gatlin and his family are, are, are comfortable with Sharon. Um, they they really love Sharon. So, yeah, I I honestly at this point, I'm. I was, I was trying to remember who they lost. It was Amon Rossi Brown. Yeah, he was I'm, the one that was like, "This cat's weird." Yeah, <laughs> no, he's not wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm pretty close to putting in a prediction for for Michigan at this point for for Gatlin Bear. I mean, even before all of this, you know, we were hearing um, that that Michigan was was the team to be. Oh, we blocked a we blocked a troll. It wasn't that bad. I'm just not in the mood. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I have a low tolerance for. <laughs> it wasn't that bad, but whatever. Yeah, well, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I I feel pretty good about um, Gatlin Bear and and. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised if Michigan's the team to beat. You know, I, I said all along the faster that Harbaugh gets wrapped up to coming back, that the faster. Oh, and uh, and Trevor's just gone, so it's just me now. Um, the faster that. Oh, now he's back. Uh, he's back. He's back, folks. He's back. Anyway, um, 
<laughs> I haven't done that in a while. Do you have an iMac? Yes, I do. You use the mouse that came with it, right? Yeah. So you know how you can like swipe with your finger left or right. To oh do that? yeah. So like when it. I when I went over to click the comma and move the mouse, the mouse like just snagged for a second, but my finger kept going. Nice. <laughs> so back. Nice. Yeah. It's amateur hour over here. Um, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, Gatlin Bear. Um, yeah, those nightmares for a second. Yeah, I know. Just talking to me. I mean, that sounds. Terrible. <laughs> you would want to talk to me for however long i'd stay on for this thing i'd probably rent i'd probably continue on this gatlin bear conversation for like it somehow managed to turn into a like an hour ramble session but um long story short yes i think he's going to come to michigan uh i don't i I, i'm hesitant to say a done deal but um i'm pretty close to putting in a prediction i need to hear a little little more before i feel comfortable doing it but uh keeping sharon more and keeping that culture uh, I think, you know, I think it's pretty good. It's pretty good right now. You've got people, your tattoos are catching attention. Oh, yeah, I have, uh, I have quite a few of those bad boys. Yeah, mine are all pretty much hidden except for the puzzle piece on my arm. Yeah, but... Mine are all over, all over. Up I, dude, I want to start getting into forearms so bad, but then it's like... I am a degenerate. I will not get a real mouse. I like my mouse. Yeah, get one that doesn't have to be charged on the bottom. Okay, that I will say. Like, <laughs> So, like, my keyboard needs to be charged right now. Yeah. But look. Yeah. So I can still use the thing. Why yeah. the hell? Virgil. Uh. Hello, Virgil. Manchester, England. Oh, Hello. Shit. Here we go. Is it? Is it? Uh, hold on, Virgil. I I need I need to know this answer. Are you red or blue? I need to know this answer, Virgil, and I, and I need you to give the right one. Are you hold red on. or blue? The right one would be he's an Arsenal fan that happens to be in Manchester. Nope. But no, no, no. I need I think, to know, Virgil. I think we just lost forty people by talking about soccer for a second. Yeah. So. Um. <laughs> Uh, Maryland pipeline, keep that going. Hell yeah! Oh yeah, absolutely. I Too mean, Biff's not there. <laughs> that would have been awesome if Biff was still on the staff. Yeah, but you Biff know what? probably would have went to LA with him if that. Oh my god! Can you imagine Biff Pogge rolling NFL sidelines in LA with his cutoff shirt that looks like people uh, mow their yard in? Yeah. What do we got? The Crystal Palace, right? He didn't answer the question. You just get Geek Squad over there. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, I worked at, I mean, I've never hidden my age before, but I worked at Circuit City in college. So that's, what the hell? Do you remember Circuit City? Yes, I remember. Oh, okay. What the hell was was our tech? Pulling a Brock. What? I was just pulling a Brock. I don't know what Circuit City is. Oh, yeah probably doesn't know what circuit city we have to ask him you know what circuit city is what was the other one service merchandise or something like that but that might have been maybe that was a down south thing i don't know if that was anywhere full Uh, season yes we uh we discussed that at the top of the show um well not top of the show probably like middle of the show that was that was gone through top to bottom 
Let's see. You, Trevor looks like he worked at Circuit City. I don't know what that means. I do, and he's right. That's funny as hell. Look like you were in Circuit City. Oh my god. I don't know what that. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I get it. He's right. That's a good burn. That's a great burn. <laughs> I used to have. There was something going around about like, what's the deal with dudes named Trevor? And it said something about. I don't remember the full description, but it talked about them like driving a Honda Civic and blah, blah, blah. And it was pretty freaking spot on. Like this was like when I'm in high school, fast and furious is the absolute thing. And I'm driving my Civic and it was like this little meme going around like, shit, I hate how accurate that is. He worked in the car stereo department. <laughs> kind of, kind of. Oh, that's funny. I was in charge of the technology department, which was like laptops, video games, and all that. And I oversaw car stereo as well. But is our home schedule next year the most exciting? And I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's. I mean, I know. Really good. I know people. Oh, we're definitely talking about QB. I know people. You're going to have to change your perception with the expanded playoff. Because for the longest yeah. time, it's like, I got to go undefeated. I got to go undefeated. I think, <laughs> oh my God, I uh, did not go Radio Shack to Circuit City. I went Office Max to Circuit City. So anyway, um, I think the way this is going to work. When Dave, playing... I can confirm he has a child. <laughs> He's over. Do I got a picture of him? Yeah, here you go. Um, he has a kid. The natural he... way. We believe he's mine. We'll see. Um, <laughs> what was I talking about? The schedule. They're the yeah. expanded playoff. I, I think there's a scenario, and we've kind of already seen it last year with Alabama, frankly, where losing a close game to Texas will be better than any blowout over a no-name team, period. Yeah. Right. Um, I think it's a good test for your program as well. And I, I'm hoping that maintains because with the conferences expanding and hopefully the SEC gets on board, they're still only doing eight games and playing FCC, FCS schools. I think it's good for college football. There's weeks where there's no good games to watch. There's 130 something teams and there's a week where there's not a good game to watch. That's insane. Right? So Texas being in the big house, that's cool. That should excite you as a college football fan. Michigan going to play at the Coliseum playing. I mean, we've played at Oregon before, but like the one thing I like about these additions to the big 10 and then playing a school like Texas and Oklahoma, hopefully that one sticks. Texas we know is going to stick because of the Fox contract. We'll see if the Oklahoma deal sticks, but um, just I, seeing legendary programs play against each other. It's cool. <laughs> it's more enjoyable, right? So it's brutal. I mean, the over under for next year might be seven and a half, eight and a half. Like that's how it might get set. Could be higher too. I think there's a lot of questions with the the roster, and I think people are sleeping on how good that defense is still going to be. Uh, big question. Somebody asked, "Where did it go?" QB. God, I got to filter through my Office Max. Office Max to Circuit City. Now you're just bragging, Jesus. Steve is destroying me. I love it. Uh, Orgy, Denegal, Davis. Um, we, we've talked about quarterback quite a bit. Doesn't feel like they're going to address it in the portal right now. Maybe in the spring they'll look at it 
when some grad transfers and other folks are able to jump in and then that second window comes up. They like Alex Orgy a lot. You you know that because he's still at quarterback <laughs> and they put him on the field in the national championship game and in the Rose Bowl, right? They trust Alex Orgy. We haven't seen him really take any passes, so we'll have to see. Jaden Denegal is a big prototypical quarterback with a really good arm. Another guy they really like. Um, a lot of folks have said he took a huge leap this year. Uh, Davis Warren's coming back healthy now, won't have his shoulder injury anymore. So we just yeah. asked, still waiting on Tuttles. And then, yeah, Jaden Davis, I think, is going to be included. But I don't know what he'd have to do as a freshman <laughs> to, to, to earn that job. But I, really... I, I think the coaches are more confident in the room than fans are, is what I would say. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, will look they'll probably reassess after spring ball. I mean I can't I can't sit here and say, yeah, they're definitely gonna add a quarterback right now. I don't know. I mean maybe they do if Tuttle doesn't get his get his waiver, but you know I think there's not an obvious added... starter in the portal is the point. Right, right. And who knows there might be come April, but we don't really know what that you know what it looks like. And yeah, I think Jaden Davis would have to have a hell of a spring and summer camp to take over the job. I mean, maybe it happens. I, I, you never know. I mean, Harbaugh's kind of really, was really hesitant to start freshman quarterbacks, but I mean, it's, it's kind of the way it is now. If you're good at, if you're a good freshman, this most coaches won't be afraid to play you. So does Kirk Campbell and, and, and Sharon kind of, do they think differently? You know, if he's good, do they play him? I, We'll kind of see. I mean, yeah. Harbaugh has that kind of unique look at quarterbacks that kind of differentiates from a lot of people because obviously he was a quarterback. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, who knows? Or even if he's just getting on the field, similar to what JJ was. Yeah, true. So that he's more in line to start as a sophomore. Who knows? Yeah, I just. I guess my point is, I don't know. I'm naturally an optimist, so maybe this isn't fair. Um, I, I feel more positive about the QB room than others do. But truthfully, very similar to what we said with Moore, you do have to speculate quite a bit because, I mean, well, Moore's coach games, blah, blah. But anyway, right. we, we haven't seen a lot. We know Orgy's a tank running yeah. the ball. Um, when I was writing up the potential offensive coordinator candidates, the young name on there that drew my attention that we heard is Brennan Marion from UNLV yeah. Michigan got front row seats for his go-go offense. They call it, which I think is misunderstood when they talk about the triple option. It's, it's basically a power scheme that uses two running backs. And I immediately was like, Alex orgy, Clell Mullings, Donovan Edwards. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yes, please. Right. So I, I think that's going to be it too, is this staff, not Jim Harbaugh, this staff, under Jim Harbaugh has done a very good job of knowing what they want to do schematically, but not forcing it on their players and adapting to what their team is right. Mike McDonald, Jesse mentor in year one and year two, as much as those defenses were the same, they were also really different too, right? Because they had strengths in different areas of the team and the offense is no different. So they might go through spring and say, Hey, like let's, this works, you know, orgy works because we're doing this or Donegal works because, you know, we're going to do the short passes almost like West Coast, but test, you know, they're going to play around and they're going to find what fits best. Coming into this year, 
Sharon Moore talked about being explosive. I think that's, uh, you talked about this on the last pod too, I believe. Um, about Taco Bell? Oh yeah, that too. No, just <laughs> God, out of context. People are like, what? Yeah. Uh, no, about this offense, maybe getting closer to like a 60-40 pass run ratio instead of 50-50. Moore made it clear he wanted to be explosive. To their credit, he said they're going to do that by players proving they can be explosive. And those are the players that are going to get the most playing time. And other than some stuff with Roman Wilson early, there wasn't a ton of big explosive plays. They had a lot of the 20 and 30 yarders, but you know, the big game breakers, they weren't there. So they adapted and they changed a little bit. They still ran 50, 50 wasn't a failure. It was them winning games the way they could win games. So if they see something, yeah, that Colston Loveland. Oh my God. I think he's going to be a monster next year. Sorry. So somebody just dropped that in there. I'm not as worried about the quarterbacks and the running backs or even the receivers. I mean, maybe you, I think you do want a big body. Maybe I think starting five new offensive linemen is my biggest question mark, even over quarterback, yeah. honestly, which sounds weird. Yeah. But we, we, we saw Michigan beat Penn state without them throwing a, well, they threw one pass as a pass interference, but they beat Penn state without JJ throwing a pass in the second half. They right. beat Maryland with a very injured JJ McCarthy. Mm-hmm. Right. So as good as JJ, I'm, God, I, I am not trying to cut down the value of JJ McCarthy. That absolutely sounds like where I'm going. I, I don't mean to do that. You're getting a downgrade at quarterback next year. Right. right. Um, I don't know if he has to be. What? You're just getting catching straights tonight. You're a Jim Harbaugh hater. Well, yeah, no, duh. It was a shit storm before Harbaugh showed up. What did I I say? I don't think anyone's denying that. Anyway, anyway, we don't need to talk about Jim Harbaugh anymore. He's gone. So I spent spent five (laughs) minutes talking about what a mistake Rich Rod was, but whatever. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm excited to see what Moore's fingerprints look like when it comes to offensive scheme. Obviously it'll depend on the coaches he hires. It'll depend on the recruits he brings in. Um, we'll, we'll call this, Oh, I'm not even gonna, I'm going to bring that up. John, that dude is a clown. Um, but I will in the general topic, this is pure speculation, right? People are concerned about players leaving. Right. Obviously, Sharon Moore felt like the best chance to not see a transfer portal exodus. We've seen, from what I can tell, nothing but praise and excitement from current players about the addition or the promotion of Sharon Moore. But we know tampering's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So Michigan's not stupid. Sharon Moore's not stupid. These conversations have already been ongoing. I think it's good to get it out there publicly. Again, I'm glad Michigan got the waiver. And instead of thinking, oh, we'll do it Saturday, maybe it sounds dumb to do it 6.30 or 7 o'clock at night, but I think it was smart to get it out there and make it official. But hey, Michigan's having these conversations, um, these rumors about Will Johnson and Donovan Edwards and Colston Loveland, who were at the Red Wings game last night as part of a Michigan NIL event. Um, But anyway, do you you have any sense? I mean, I know you meant... uh, I, I, there's one player name I know has been getting, I don't want to get into semantics on that or not semantics, but details on that. But like, obviously schools are trying to get in people's ear about, Hey, Jim's gone. 
Yeah, yeah, there there has been teams trying to reach out and stuff like that, trying to poach. But, you know, as, as far as immediate, you know, a mass exodus immediately during this 30-day window, I don't get that sense. I mean, maybe it happens in April or uh, whenever spring ball is. I'm not I'm not sure if it's even in April. I don't know if that can, you can continue on bumping it back a month or do it again. But, um yeah, I think the, the another purpose of hiring Sharon was to obviously keep the team intact. So right. I think initially, yes, but if people were to leave in the spring, I think they were going to go into the spring and see where they are at anyway. For sure. And if they don't, you know, you don't. Oh my God, this guy can't even speak type proper English. I'm getting rid of him. Um, <laughs> I have a low tolerance for stupidity these okay. days. We. We have very loyal people on this podcast and at michigan.rivals.com, and uh, you don't go after our people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Anyway. Um, yeah, so the, the way I look at it is that if there were going to be transfers right now, it was just guys looking for excuses to leave. Uh, you know, if we're talking about more in April, you know, closer to April during that April window – it was probably guys who were on the fence anyway, and right. then kind of got the nudge in spring, depending on where they were on the depth chart and whether they could get playing time or not. So um, initially, no, I don't think this is going to be some sort of, you know, mass exodus or anything like that. I think the team is going to be intact. This is such so a good point. What happens in spring, you know, that's going to influence some decisions and it was going to influence decisions no matter who was head coach, whether it was Jim Harbaugh or Sharon. So I think it's a great point by Steve Sharon's ability to keep the old line together all these years without attrition shows he was able to keep the roster together. Yeah. When you, when you've got Trevor Keegan and Zach Zinter returning kind of unexpected last year and you add three transfers and then nobody leaves. Yep. That's pretty significant, right? And then you have this crowded offensive line room where you know five, six, seven dudes are going to the NFL, ended up being six. And then you go get a recruiting class of five offensive linemen to come in still to that crowded room. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see you guys are talking about the yes, or was the name we mentioned earlier. Um, I think at this point, rather than spinning in circles, I think it's probably a good uh, point. We'll stop here. But yes, for those of you either just joining us or coming in late, feel free to go back. We talked about more in general in the promotion coming in. We definitely got in to the coaching staff and, and some things we're hearing about comings and goings. Talked about the roster a little bit, you know, why we think this will work, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, circle back if you have any questions on that. And then, of course, a lot of the things we talked about on this podcast, we've already been talking about over at Maze and Blue Review, michigan.rivals.com. Uh, we cover Michigan for the Rivals Network. If you don't know that, head over there, michiganrivals.com. We are running a promo right now, free until spring, which, gosh, Josh, what was that? A date, end of March, right? Yeah, end of March. So end of March, free until spring, Nat Champs 24 scrolling on the bottom if you use that promo. Um, that gets you access to the premium content we post, the Intel Josh shares. A and then honestly... Oh, Derek, you're so good. I'm going to hire you to be my marketing guy. Um, <laughs> the, the thing we 
we are most proud of and what you're really doing is joining our community. Um, we, yeah. we have worked very hard from the start here to create a message board. The den is what we call it. Just, just a, a spot for Michigan fans to go and talk and have reasonable conversations and just talk. And, and I know I've seen a lot of comments out there. I know it's been difficult <laughs> with Harbaugh leaving and there's been some tension and stuff. And yeah, um, we, we try to think of it like a local Michigan bar and, and the, the, the hangout in the den. So we'd love you to come in. This is a chance to try us for free. Come in see what you think. Um, we are very fortunate to have subscribers and people in here that not only are in our community and not only make our community great, but they consistently come in here like Steve and, and, and say nice things about us. And they go on Twitter and they go and they tell people about our community. So um, I know it sounds cheesy, but we always say, don't, don't listen to me. Ask, ask our subscribers uh, mm-hmm. about our community. We're, we're really proud of it. We, we love bringing people in. At this point, I feel like we've built something now where new people will jump in and they kind of already pick up the vibe and they roll with it. So we're, yeah. we're just we're just really excited about what we have going on over there. And look, man, this is going to be an exciting time. I'm excited to get into depth chart, position battles, and obviously these coaching hires. Man, there, there's going to be a lot of going on. So good time to, to get on the board and talk Michigan football. And at times, Michigan basketball, which will be a – which will be a topic of conversation on our regular show. Hail to the podcast. Uh, we do that Sunday and Monday. kind of depends on how the week goes. Obviously, with the Lions playing on – excuse me. The Lions playing on Sunday, we'll push that to Monday. But if you're watching right now, you want to make sure you're subscribing and doing the notification bell so you know when we go live. Um, I always try to post it in advance so you have an idea and you can hang out till we till we jump on. Um, other than that, I think that's my usual shameless plugs, Josh. Yeah. I, uh, are you getting a video game going or you're checking? No, I'm trying to check something's working and it's not working. So, all right. Um, yeah, no, I, I think, uh, first of all, go lions. They're going to beat the 49ers tomorrow. That's my, uh, believe that. My hot, t- I believe it with yeah. all of my being. I believe it. I mean, I'll probably end up being disappointed, but hey, you got to believe in something, right? Lions give me finally something to believe in. Um, and and secondly, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't second what Trevor said more. I almost called you Travis for some reason. I don't know why. I've never I've got an you. uncle that calls me Travis. It I've never me. called you that in my life. Um, yeah, it's usually much worse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with an A and ends with an E. No. Um, apple? Yeah, I call you an apple. <laughs> yeah, try holding your tongue and say that. There you go. That's what it sounds like. Um, oh. <laughs> no, but I, I second what I second what Trevor says uh, about the community. Is you know, Laporta it, out? What? Laporta is not out. He's off. The, he was off the. He was off the. Uh, Sorry, you were about to say it. something really good about this website that you've taken over and all the hard work you've put in in the yeah. community. Adam Schefter, four hours ago. Lions tight end Sam Laporta is off the injury report despite his knee injury and is good to go for Sunday. Dang you, James. James, quit trying to troll. James, DJ James. I saw Debo is going to play too. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah but anyway, fine. go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I second what second what Trevor says. 
Um, it really feels like we've built something from the ground up here. It's taken a little while for it to take hold, but um, you know, even on the podcast, it's kind of felt like we're we're building a sense of community here. You know, seeing all the familiar faces, uh, as you mentioned. No, you're good, James. You're we're just good, buddy. Yeah. we're messing with you. Um, no, you'll, I, you'll know when Josh is actually mad at you. <laughs> yeah, think, no, you'll know. I think part of the loyal viewership is people hoping Josh snaps because a feisty Josh is. I do up. enjoy. I do enjoy snapping. I do enjoy snapping. <laughs> it's kind of fun. It, it's a good little way to blow off steam a little bit. Um, no, I, it really feels like we're building something from the ground up here. Uh, you know, with, with the familiar faces we see every time, every time we go on, it doesn't matter if it's an emergency podcast like this one, or if it's our regular, regularly scheduled one, um, you know, and even, you know, as you said, new faces come in here, new names come in here and they really just, um, adapt quickly. Yeah. You know, it's not even like falling in, I don't even, I don't even want to call it falling in line. It's just like they come in and they're just part of the the crowd. And I think that's really what we want to promote on the website too. And on the, uh, on the message boards is that, you know, everyone's welcome. Uh, you know, we don't talk to you like you're stupid. Uh, you know, if you say stupid things, I'm going to talk to you like you're stupid. <laughs> Naturally, we're not going to talk to you like you're stupid. You know, we're not going to talk at you. We're going to talk with you. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not going to feed you lines of shit and for you to, to, you know, hold on to and turns out being not true or anything like that. So, um, yeah, we, we, we welcome everyone here. Speaking of, thank yeah, you. speak it. See, see what I mean? Like, it's just like everyone comes in and it, they pick up on the vibe immediately. And that's really kind of like the biggest compliments that our site has gotten. Um, <laughs> customers at Circuit City. I should. Have well, that was you know they only provided the best customer service ever. So you know what? I'm not gonna check, but I think I have a Circuit City shirt in my closet. <laughs> my as I've gotten older, I've kind of my closet's turned into like a cartoon character. Yeah, like I, I think I have 20 of the shirts I'm wearing right now. Like I found a T-shirt I like, and I bought just a giant pack of them i've got like nine black polos because for some reason you just keep buying like why do you need more than one black polo but i think one yeah. of them is the circuit city one but anyway yeah um in long story short yeah sorry. if you enjoy this podcast why not have this every day because that's what we do every day on in the inside the den so you could be talking to us every single day and you can see our wonderful smiling faces every every week, once a week. But you could have this every day. Um, you know, a <laughs> you place, a community, a place <laughs> where we're, we're going to be accessible, where you can always find us. We're not going to, you know, like it just leave you in the dark. You know, we're not going to feed you lines of crap. We're going to be us and we're going to be genuine. And I think that's our biggest pool that we have um elsewhere compared to elsewhere so. dude steve i think i think i want to start something new every time we do a <laughs> podcast i want to name at the end of the show the favorite well i'll come up with a name but like the favorite watcher of the show because yeah. you guys have been killing it today so black polos are like mustard you have more than you realize it by more and then uh Trevor left and Circuit City folded. Uh, worse, Derek, I was there while it folded. Oh, um, boy. 
Well, and I'd only been a manager for um, like a year at that point. So like all the other managers got really good severance packages because they'd been there for a while. So within like a week, I was in charge of the entire liquidation. And you got the shaft. Oh, yeah. I was dude, I was like 21, 22 when this happened, maybe. And it was like, oh, yeah, you, you know, you sell because you sold everything, dude. Yeah. The, the, the chairs, the shelving units, literally everything. And they and told people me buy it too, <laughs> dude, every single inventory skewed item in there was gone. Like the last four days we were open, we literally didn't have anything to sell all the shelves, like all the storage racks in the back that were all the tea, everything. It was crazy. Um, and I got to price a lot of that stuff. And the whole deal was, oh, I had all these benchmarks and you get a percentage of it. So when I got done, I thought I made like four grand or something like that. Well, guess what? They're bankrupt. So you go to the creditor and you're way down to the bottom, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. by, by the time it got to me or us employees, whatever, they were already out of money. So all the stuff they'd promised me, I never got. So, right. but dude, I loved that job. We used to, sorry, we'd get video games like a week before they came out and you couldn't play them without the game freaking out. So like we'd hook up our mm. Xboxes on TVs and play Halo or Call of Duty way before it came out. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That is a hundred percent accurate, Steve. <laughs> on Sundays with the movie bins, we'd all go through them before we opened the store. And we're like, how are you guys out of this? The ad just came out. Yeah, they didn't give us any, man. Sorry, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, somebody asked about Harbaugh, if, if you should be mad at him taking Minter. I'm going to say no, because I think Minter was going to leave anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I mean, that that's fair for him to try and succeed in the NFL. That, that's not one that bothers me. Um, no. Yeah. If he had tried to take more, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, that I mean, would be Herbert bugs me a little bit, but I understand. At this point, <laughs> keeping Minter on staff would be a minor miracle. I'll yeah. say that I, it would be a minor miracle if he were to stay another year. It would be unbelievable. I, so. I got. I have to tell myself this more. Twitter is not the real world. Oh is. yeah, but the amount of tweets I get every day. I mean, I shouldn't call out the. Um, I shouldn't call out the trolls, but you, man, some of some of these trolls are stupid. Like well, I have to call out the pure stupidity of stuff. And aggressive, man. Yeah. Like yeah. some of the stuff that people are saying, it's crazy. Oh, I know. People, I, yeah, some people, people are, are up in their feelings and saying crazy things, dude. Yeah. It's amazing. You can you make a fake name and get behind a keyboard, dude. It's wild. Like but that's why, like, to your point, Josh, like we talked about, like, with the intel we share on the site, man, like, I'm not promising. I, I think I've hedged more in this episode than normal because it's like, I'm telling people, like, I don't know. I'm telling you what we're hearing. Like, what are you getting mad at me for? <laughs> like, right. it's, it's wild. But anyway. Yeah. Right. No, I mean, that's the pot. I mean, you get the positives and negatives with fan bases. You know, you get, I mean, that's a good thing about having a passionate fan base is that, you know it's good that you're actually talking to people and not talking at the void you have. Sorry. I can't help myself. Damn it, Bobby. Don't say damn. There we yeah. go. All right. Um, I'm sure that's happened to you most of your life. I hope you're not offended, Bobby. I I love your name. Please, please know that comes from a, a place of love. Yes. <laughs> and if, and if you don't want me to do it ever again, please tell me. <laughs> so, Yes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the positives and negatives about having 
a passionate and massive fan base like Michigan is that, you know, you're going to have, I mean, every fan base does, but you know, when you actually have a following of, you know, that follows a football team and, are, and it is good like Michigan, you're going to have, you're going to have crazies and you're going to have to deal with them. And sometimes they get overwhelming and they uh, get on your nerves, but you know, well, it's, uh, and look, yeah, it is what it is. I'm not going to start this topic because it will be a topic on Monday's hail to the podcast, because I think it's part of the conversation with basketball and the larger thing with athletics at Michigan. I, I, I think Jim Harbaugh was going to the NFL no matter what, because the chargers were always the job and they did the one thing I didn't think an NFL team would do, which is offer him everything he wanted. I think yep. winning the Rose bowl and winning the national championship gave him that extra leverage. Uh, I, I don't think Michigan is clean here, though, and I do think mistakes were made, and I understand why people are frustrated when you think about Harbaugh, Beeline, Backage, right? right. I get it. So, um, But we didn't do that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. I, I think there, there, there are conversations that need to be had about Michigan in general. But when it comes to football, um, Jim Harbaugh was in the building today, and it was the kind of goodbye – you would expect from Jim Harbaugh. I think there were some happy and sad moments, but yep. he came in and it was good. We've heard horror stories about these other goodbyes and it wasn't, you know, it was yeah. good. And there was yeah. a literal passing of the torch and, and Michigan hash Sharon Moore. And look, Jim Harbaugh didn't leave in 2021 after the Georgia defeat and Michigan didn't think they could get any higher. He didn't leave in 2022 after TCU where it felt like, man, even when we thought we could win, we didn't. He left after 2023, after winning a national championship and with the perfect successor ready to go. So he gets to go chase the dream that he wanted and he's left Michigan in the best place he could. So it's just, it's just hard for me to be upset. Yeah. Blue just nailed it. Hard to be mad when he's been prepping us for years. That's kind of how I feel too. So I'm excited about Sean Moore. We're going to keep talking about it. Michigan.rivals.com. Again, if you're not already a subscriber, Nat Champs 24, free until the end of March. So you've got the rest of January, February, March, getting right into to spring camp. And then, hey, hopefully you like us and you stick around. And then again, like, subscribe, notification bell. We'll see you Monday with Hail to the Podcast. Otherwise, we hope we see you over at Maze and Blue Review talking more about the 21st head coach in Michigan football history, Sharon Moore, now official. Go Lions. Thanks, guys. Go Lions.